Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Today's episode of What Happened When? is brought to you by StarCast on Fight. That's what everybody is talking about. The hits keep coming, and we are going to be talking about one of those great panels today. It's the I Quit Match with Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA, and of course your moderator, Tony Schiavone. Tony, I'm fired up about StarCast, man. How about you? I am too. StarCast on Fight. It's our second StarCast, and uh, StarCastOnFight.com is where you can watch it the four-day weekend pass the official pay-per-view live stream and uh, we're all going to be a part of it go back and remember the great times in pro wrestling with us and especially remember what has gone down as one of the most violent memorable matches of all time from starcade 85 the i quit match between tully blanchard and magnum ta and it's all at starcast 2 and it's all for you on starcasts on fight.com that's exactly right. Booker T's Hall of Fame podcast, Bret Hart in his own words, the Monday Night War stories hosted by Sean Waltman, the I Quit panel with Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard, a whole panel remembering Brian Pillman. Uh, we're going to celebrate the anniversary of Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn and let Lita talk about women's wrestling, the last live something to wrestle and inside the ropes with Dustin Rhodes, a talk is Jericho, a house of hardcore podcast with Tommy Dreamer. How about Wrestling Observer Live? Of course, the Double or Nothing press conference and weigh-ins. The Taz Show, Nitro, the whole breakdown of that book with Eric Bischoff and some of the WCW brass, JR and the King, a one-man panel with you and Sting behind the paint. How about Arn Anderson on stage with a live mic for the first time post-WWE? And maybe the best of all, the roast of Ric Flair. Maybe you're a fan of the new school. We've even got Cody and the Bucks sitting down to break down how in the world all elite wrestling came to be a thing. You can order it all right now, live and on demand in glorious HD for just 59 bucks at starcastonfight.com. And don't forget, there's two R's in Starcast, just like Starcade and Fight is F-I-T-E. It's starcastonfight.com. Oh! 
host. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson. <laughs> hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When with Tony Schiavone. Tony, what's going on, man? How are you? How excited are you, buddy? I'm not excited at all. Bullshit. This is the month of May. Oh my God. No, I'm stressed out. That's what I am. I'm in Starcast hell, Tony. This why do I do this to myself? I don't know. I, I, I asked that question many times. Why do you do this to yourself? And oh, by the way, just to celebrate Starcast, you're gonna lop, you're gonna put another podcast on your plate. What the fuck? Oh yeah, I guess we should mention that Grilling JR has debuted. And it is the number one rated wrestling podcast on iTunes. Check it out. It's still under the old feed. It hasn't yet been renamed, but it should be any day now. Uh, but in the meantime, by all means, check out the Jim Ross report and, uh, check out our very first episode, which we're pretty proud of. It's all about when Jim jumped ship from WCW to the world wrestling federation way back when, and uh, I'm proud to announce that in just the first three days. It eclipsed all the downloads that Jim had done with previous shows. So in the history of his Westwood one relationship, there were more listeners for this show than any other show he had done there. So we're pretty proud of it. And the word of mouth is good. And I'd appreciate your download if you'd give it a shot. So why do you think that was, do you think it may be because that he got on board with the wrestling Jesus? Oh my gosh. No, here's what it is. Here's what it is. Okay. If someone is going to listen to the mm-hmm. Jim Ross podcast, you know what they're interested in mm-hmm. Jim Ross. Mm-hmm. So uh, the old format was Jim Ross talking to other people and trying mm-hmm. to pick their brain and, and talk about them and learn about them. But people mm-hmm. who listen to the Jim Ross show really want Jim Ross. And so now we're getting, instead of someone else's stories and Jim's opinion on those, uh, we're getting Jim's actual stories and it's a great show. Uh, the first one I think is, uh, very, very well done, especially for a first effort. Check it out. I'm pretty proud of it. And, right. uh, I think you'll dig it too, Tony. I, I will. Who came up with that format? Uh, well, I mean, that'd, that'd be me, I guess. Hallelujah. He's my Jesus. Yeah, listen, Hallelujah. You, you're going to have to stop. We're stop. Getting, it's a little sacrilegious. I feel like I'm going to go to hell. It's very sacrilegious, but that's what, you know, we're just, that's what we're all about. No, that's not what we're all about. What we are about is making you laugh. And what I like to do when I'm trying to make people laugh is alienate about half of the office. Here goes. What's up, candy lickers? Oh, shit, man. We were talking about Jesus. You bring in the fucking devil. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with that? Come on. Nothing. nothing. I'm, I'm glad he's here. You know why? Why is that? Cause I want to talk about blue chew right now. And I want to bring him in here talking about blue chew. Well, I'll tell you this. He, okay. uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but big booty Judy has moved back to town. You know, she was working out of town for a long time, but she's back now. Mm, extra work with blue chew. Yeah. Yeah. So- he's been riding by the house about once a week. See, that's a Southern phrase. You put a T in there once a week <laughs> and he'd say he'd come up to the door and he'd be like scratching like that old Chappelle show skit. And he'd be like, Hey man, you got any more of that blue chew? <laughs> And I was like, dude, you don't have to go to the pharmacy to do this. You can get it delivered to your house in discreet packaging. Why are you coming to me? Just go to bluechew.com right now and go home and man, lay the pipe to your wife. Show big booty Judy what's going down. Show her how Gadsden represents. That's right, man. So instead of riding by Conrad, you can just ride something else. Baby is what you can do. 
Cause of BlueChew.com. I'm talking to you there, Casio Kid. You can get the first chewables with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. And it's a can-do pill. You know that? Well, here's what I can do. I can hear Kevin Sullivan hollering in the background here. Uh, I guess we should mention that while we were out in Vegas, uh, you decided to visit a whore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That's not the technical term. A companion, an escort, a lady of the evening. I did not. You decided to visit. (laughs) Back to the commercials. (laughs) No, no, I was saying like that girl when she came out of your room, she was grinning, and I know it wasn't because your sixty-two-year-old ass didn't have a little help. Uh, Even at his advanced age, Space Mountain needs a little help getting over the first hump, if you know what I mean. And if you are in that category, or maybe. You're just trying to throw the wood like a champion. You know, you're trying to get some Brazzers.com action like old Casio Kid is here. <laughs> no problem. Do that DVDA with little bluechew.com. Tell them the code of how they can get their dick real, real hard for free. Remember, it can work faster than pills. And here's the great deal for you guys. Bluechew.com is the site. Visit bluechew.com. Get your first order free. When you use promo code WHW, that's WHW, just pay five bucks shipping. <laughs> that's B L U E chew.com, promo code WHW. What was that a term that you use in Las Vegas that goes from softy to. Because <laughs> <laughs> I fell on the floor when you said it. I couldn't. What was uh, it? <laughs> Come on, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, what I said was it goes from Soft Jones to Woodrow Harrison. (laughs) And you loved it. And what was great is you asked me for a little blue chew because you had your companion come into the room. Diamond or Starlet or whatever her name was. And Cassie, I'll have you know, he Chuck Woolreader. Are you familiar with the term? No. So back in the day, there was a show called Love Connection. You remember that show? Whatever he would throw to a break, he'd say, we'll be back in two and two. Yeah. Well, Tony and this lady of the evening left, and that motherfucker was back in two and two. He was grinning ear to ear, and she thought, boy, that's the easiest money. I mean, she don't get paid by the hour. She got paid by the millisecond. It was record time. Oh, this is funny. But Visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code WHW. Just pay five bucks shipping. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code WHW. A lot of things you heard in the... In the it's theater of the mind, a- Tony. All right. It's a joke. Everybody listening knows it's a joke, but there's no joking over at bluechew.com. If you want to get from soft Jones to Woodrow Harrison, <laughs> go to bluechew.com right now. You'll be glad you did. Tony, can we talk about why we're really here? Because we're here to cover something that I know you're pretty fired up about. I guess we should give the backstory here. When I first started putting together Starcast, I sent you a potential lineup of shows and I had some, uh, some maybes in there and the maybes were basically, Hey, if I can't get this show on the lineup put together because one of the parties can't make it, here are the backup shows. And there was a show listed as a backup and you called me and campaigned and said that should not be on the backup. That should be on the main stage. That is a big time show and you should do it. And, uh, I want to do it. And it was the, I quit match with Tully Blanchard and the one and only Magnum TA. And it went down in 1985 and you're going to be on stage with them at Starcast. And it was your idea today to go all the way back to November 2nd, 1985. And, uh, this is going to be NWA world championship wrestling. And the description says the rivalry between Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA takes an unexpected turn 
plus Ric Flair, the Rock and Roll Express, and more. You're fired up about this panel. Am I right? I'm fired up about it. And I was trying to reason why, what, what made me so fired up about it. And then I've watched the show. And then I got to thinking, Conrad, that we debuted Jim Crockett Promotions in April of 85. So this was the first year that we were on TBS. So we were heading to our biggest event after being on TBS for the very first year. And even though Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair and the gathering and the, the, and you'll see in this Dusty Rhodes gimmick boot and he's broken foot or whatever, to me, the feature match to this Starcade 85 gathering was Tully Blanchard versus Magnum TA, which was such a great, such a great rivalry. And it was one of the most bloody, most violent matches ever. And I thought, you know, it should be part of StarCast. It shouldn't be, you know, uh, maybe one that we put in there if something else uh, doesn't happen. And they both agreed to it. And, man, I'm going to go. We're going to go back and take a look at this. This show had a lot of shit going on. I know you and I have done world championship wrestling shows before where they have sucked. And there's a lot about this that sucked. But there was a lot about this that was heading towards Starcade, and boy, this is this is a great. We're gonna we're gonna they're gonna finally make this uh, during the show. They're gonna finally make this match an I Quit match, and you can see why Tully didn't want to have it. He thought he didn't have to wrestle Magnum again. You're gonna see an angle with uh, Magnum and a uh, baby doll. It just some good shit, man. Some good shit, and of course, a Nature Boy Ric Flair uh, interview thrown in there as well. And Abdullah the Butcher. Oh my God, Abdullah the Butcher's in this show too. So how about that? Well, I'm excited about it, but not as excited as I am about our friends over at Atlas, because man, these guys are making some of our listeners very, very wealthy. Are they not? They really are. And here's the deal. You can make between 143,000 to a 197,000 average per year. That's half of what Casio makes at his radio station. Your first year, depending on Casio, are you going to talk during this show? You're doing a fucking ad, Tony. Why don't you finish the fucking ad? Hey, sorry. You can make that average per year your first year, depending on which of the three divisions you drive for. You can make this per year straight up. Home time, 10 days, possibly 7 to 10 days, depending on your routes. All your tolls are paid. You have the optional maintenance program with Atlas Van Lines to boot. Brett, the hitman Hartman, and his team will hook you up. If you're an owner-operator, give them a call today. Ask to speak to a recruiter when you call this number. 877-778-6959. That's 877-778-6959. For more information, check them out at facebook.com slash driveatlas. That's facebook.com slash driveatlas. Or visit them, www.drive4atlas.com forward slash wrestle. That's drive for the number 4atlas.com forward slash wrestle. And they will hook you up and you can be a driver with our good buddies at Atlas Van Lines, they do it right, just like our buddy Cassio Kid. Talk, Cassio. Hey, buddy. Hey, so I don't know that you know this, Tony, but Cassio just got a pickup truck. Uh, it's a brand oh. new blue Chevy Silverado, Chevy Silverado. You know, you can't hide money. <laughs> He's got that number one in the market money. I mean, he bought a truck last week. He bought a house this week. It's fucking Cassio Daddy Warbucks over here. Fuck. Hey, anyway, though, what I was saying is. He wears trucker hats. Now he's driving a pickup truck. I feel like the next time we see him, he might actually be working for Alice. <laughs> Why I not? Seven to 10 days of home time. I'm in. Absolutely. And hey, you, you'll need a lot of blue chew with that. Won't you buddy? Yes, sir. Yes, I will. That's right. Judy will leave the house. I'll just need it for myself. 
<laughs> so they're hiring nationwide. So give our buddy Brett, the Hitman Hartman, and his crew a call. You know, we have a lot of a lot of drivers that listen to our show and listen to all the podcasts, all the Conrad Thompson podcasts. Well, so how, how do you refer to them as Conrad Thompson podcasts? I don't. Maybe it's because you're on all of them. I don't oh, fucking okay, know. Cool. Okay. Well, there's that. Right. I guess. All right. Okay. Well, then I do have Monday with Eric Bischoff and uh, Wednesday with Tony Schiavone and Thursday with Jim Ross and Friday with Bruce Pritchard. Aha. Uh-huh. So the, you're, what you're saying is now is that Tuesday's open. Hmm. Whoa. Hang on now. Hmm. What is? Well, I mean, technically, but you're, you're, you're insinuating something here. I'm insinuating that you should probably get another one. And I think Saturday and Sunday's up for grabs as well. Okay. Well, here's what is up for grabs. We want you to fire this up. NWA championship wrestling, November 2nd, 1985 on your WWE network. Uh, it's only going to go an hour and 13 minutes. So this should be an action packed show. Tony, you reckon Lois is stirring around somewhere. Can we get the Jim beam out of her hand and her to holler one, two, three, four us? You damn right. We can let's, uh, she's been stirring around a lot of shit right now, as a matter of fact, and let's go to Lois Shimani. All right. You slap dicks. Everybody ready now. Come on now. Let's hear a countdown. Three. Two, one, play. We open up with Jimmy, the boogie woogie man valiant. Whoa, man. Look at that mama. Big elbow. This is going to be kind of a, going to book in the show here, guys. They're going to uh, start with a Jimmy boogie woogie man valiant angle. And here comes the original midnight express or the one, the group that I remember is the original midnight express. I love how Jimmy used to just lay down and just quiver when he would sell. <laughs> He just lay down. That arm would quiver. That was him selling. Knocking Tommy Young and oh my God, there's a woman in the ring. Didn't this you get you fired up on Saturday nights? Well, I was four when this aired. Okay, so apparently it didn't. All right. I mean, what got me fired up was the fucking Smurfs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Look you know, one of the that. great things about this show is that perfectly quaffed hair to the, with the guy on your left. Ooh. Oh, that's some good stuff, man. Look at that. Man, I was, I was fucking handsome. How wasn't long it? were you in the, the hair chair? How long was I in the hair chair? Yeah, A sure. long time. As long as I wanted to be looked perfectly parted down the middle. <laughs> as long as and, I wanted to be. <laughs> And that porn star mustache are rocking that yellow tie. I'm going to point at your ass now. And I, I'm talking to you, motherfucker. <laughs> Sam pointing at you. Everybody's got a kid. Everybody's got a son. I hate you all. <laughs> this is a great time, man. This is uh, we, we were David and I, and David was kind of the lead announcer here. Uh, I would, but we were so pumped up about being on this on this station. I mean, think about this guys here. I am a, you know, a slap dick, dumbass, uh, double a baseball announcer. And all of a sudden I'm on national TV. I'm on national TV. Motherfucker. That must've must been real desperate for content. <laughs> okay. Now they're going to show this. This is a match from Greensboro. And this is kind of beginning of this Tully Blanchard Magnum TA, uh, angle here. Because they both had like a double count out. And as you can see, I mean, they were, look, look at how they're just slugging it out and sweating. And then Tully's going to come out here and talk about this was the last time I don't have to wrestle Magnum TA anymore. So it was the old thing about, you know, 
the, the chicken shed heel, you know, uh, running away from the baby face. Right. And, uh, so this is, this is kind of what be- began this whole angle. They're showing this from Greensboro. And what was cool about this was, you know, this was a house show and they're showing this and these made house shows mean something back then where they would show footage like this. And Tommy Young had just said, they're both out, double count out. As you can see, they're both out. And it was so violent. And Baby Doll's going to crawl in the ring. And Tully retains the U.S. heavyweight title because of it. Man, they would never show footage of a house show nowadays. No. No. But, but I always thought that, that really meant the, the, it really made the house show mean something. It did. Why didn't Baby Doll step over the top rope? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, and who we got in here? Is that her husband? Mm, well, I don't know, but, uh, I thought that was maybe Sam Houston who came in to check on Magnum and, uh, uh, it was just a, a, a great way to start the show. So the common thread through this entire show here now is Magnum TA and Tully Blanche, but here we go. Raging bull, Manny Fernandez and Tommy Lane, Tommy Lane, Tommy Lane. Absolutely. Tommy Lane. Is that the Jack leg odd shaped cousin of Stan Lane? <laughs> it could be. He had a nice little, uh, this, this, this lane right here. He's not known for his tag team specialists. He's known for turning wrenches on outboard motors. <laughs> that fucking black beard and blonde hair. I'm doing that for Starcast. I can tell you this. There's a lot of Mitchells in that oil County that look like that. <laughs> Especially in 85 brother. He could work on your Silverado truck. Couldn't he? Look- yeah, he could. <laughs> It could. Now, if I'm right, correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, but the raging bull Manny here, he was, uh, he was in world war one and world war two, right? And Vietnam and Korea. Yeah. And Korea, all those wars and desert storm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, he's kind of, uh, he's got himself a little, uh, dog that, you know, a little service dog now that he, that he's goes around with when he goes to all these autograph signings. And he told me the other day, he said, if there's ever a war back in Korea or maybe in Canada, I'm there. No, you're making that up. What? I, I need for the purposes of my story for you to tell me that the last time you saw raging bull, he was talking about going to war with Canada. <laughs> okay. I, well, I, I did see him <laughs> going to war with Canada. Canada. I, did, I did see him, uh, a couple of years ago, as a matter of fact, and uh, actually, I saw him a year ago in Charlotte. There was the, do you know what they called that move? The Flying Burrito. What? No, no, that, that was oh, the yeah, nickname. No, no. Oh, yeah, it was. The Flying Burrito is what they called it. Did he you know, know you called it that? Yes. That was 85, <laughs> Cassio. What the fuck? We could say anything. <laughs> we could say anything. Well, we, we could get away with anything. I could say, hey, fuck your mom. I look at Dave. I'll say, did you say that? And it'd get right on the air. <laughs> we'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. Here you go. The music. Dude, that's, oh, yeah. some, that's some great music right there. Oh, how about, should we listen to this interview or do you want to mock it and have fun with no, it? No, let's listen to it. It's a good interview. Okay, here we go. The American dream, Dusty Rhodes. He has been out celebrating, thinking that he put Dusty out of wrestling. But Dusty is going to be back November 3rd, Mr. Flair. David, contrary to what you might believe, I've been defending the most prestigious trophy in all the professional sports around the world. From Tokyo 
to Cleveland, Ohio, to Greensboro, North Carolina, to Chicago, Illinois. I've been defending what you people out there know to be the World Heavyweight Wrestling Championship because I am the world champion. Just one, and I'm the man. And David, if you're going to jump on Dusty Rhodes' bandwagon, that's fine with me. It doesn't upset me at all. You I, see, you seem to forget. Now, you're interviewing me. You seem to forget that I'm a very intelligent man. College-educated. My father, one of the greatest physicians in the whole state of Minnesota. So I know that Dusty Rhodes, regardless of the rumor, and the rumor right now is that he's going to wrestle November 3rd in Atlanta, I know it's medically impossible for him to compete in the toughest sport in the world, professional wrestling, with a broken foot. There's no way it's mended. Look at Keith Byers, the great All-American tailback of the Ohio State Buckeyes. He came back, and they carried him off the field yesterday versus the Minnesota Gophers. So Dusty Rhodes and David Crockett and anybody else out there that doesn't think Ric Flair got the job done, think about Keith Byers, because he was going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. And now he's just another guy looking, hoping to come back in the future. Dusty Rhodes, if you make the mistake, let's be real honest with each other, if you make the mistake of thinking that you're Ric Flair or the man that Ric Flair is, November 3rd in Atlanta, Georgia, or any place you decide to try and get in that ring, I'm going to be right there personally. And I'm going to be laughing, I'm going to be gloating, and you're right, I'm going to be partying and driving the women wild. Because when I set my mind to do something, it gets done. And only in Gene Anderson and Ric Flair, woo, we know what it takes to be a man in a man's sport. The Dusty Rhodes <laughs> and David Crockett and you tell your brother and every other promoter around the world today that if they want, woo, the custom-made, kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing, limousine-riding, jet-flying, son of a gun, known to the wrestling world as the greatest wrestler alive with two good legs. <laughs> if you got the money, honey baby, woo, I got the time. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go to Tony Schiavone. Mm. So what'd you think? I thought it was fucking awesome. Absolutely awesome. And they, they did such a great job. I, I thought we did such a great job because this was on the 2nd of, of November. And there you see uh, Buckethead talking here. Uh, we were on the 2nd of November. And we did a good job of promoting Starkey, but also promoting the Omni on the 3rd, which was the next day that Dusty would be coming, would try to make a comeback. So I, I thought it was a, a great job of that. Now, also, I want to let fans know, and I think you know this, is that the, the horsemen really weren't named until after Starcade 85. Until that's when Far Arn Anderson, after the, the uh, show that aired right after Starcade of 85, is when Arn Anderson first said horsemen. So they are the horsemen here, in effect, but they aren't the horsemen because there's no J.J. Dillon. J.J.'s running around with Buddy Landell. They're just Arn and there's Ole 
and there's Tully and Rick. So this is, we're right on the edge of, of the horseman. By the way, let me just mention Arn Anderson right here, wearing a pinky ring, two gold chains, got a gold bracelet, got a gold watch wearing shades in his underwear. <laughs> this is basically Cassio's dad in 1985 coming down the stairs every Saturday morning. <laughs> and, he's, and he's got that red belt too, man. It's a cool looking belt. Let me ask you, uh, we talked about you getting a pinky ring because you you've now, you know, you're in full blown midlife crisis mode. You've dropped all the LBs. You got a new car. You, you know, uh, renovated part of your house. You got both earrings in mm-hmm. believe that now you're rocking not one, not two, but three chains around <laughs> your neck. You've got three gold. I mean, you're in full Goomba mode right now. All yeah. you need is a pinky ring. Yeah. And Bobby Heenan used to have the BH and you told me that you had plans, right? You're, you're going to get one. And do you want to tell everybody, oh, look, it's buddy Landale. Yeah. And <laughs> that must make old Peggy Lathan real happy. <laughs> anyway, and uh, you know who he's wrestling? He's wrestling Tony Zane. And you know who Tony Zane was? No. One of Arn Anderson's best friends growing up. Really? Oh yeah. They were, they were good, but he and Pee Wee Anderson and uh, Arn Anderson were all, they were big old Rome, Georgia, white trash rednecks. What bet, they were. I bet they did a lot of barbecuing together. <laughs> I bet they did. Yes, they did. So, uh, yeah. So I, I'd like, uh, Whoa, want, holy shit. Arn, Tony Zane is wearing identical boots to what Arn Anderson wore at some point in his career too. Yeah. Yeah. Probably it may have been the hand-me-downs. Wow. How about that? Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted my pinky ring to say SDD. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what are you talking about? Super Dave? No, no, no. I wanted to say suck this dick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a figure four leg lock and that's it. It's all over with. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I was not ready for that. I thought he was working slap dick in there somewhere. I, I thought was it was not. Super Dave because we in our group chat we say SD for Super Dave. <laughs> Did not realize that was the I case. My Roddy to the call. Slap dick. One, two, <laughs> and a three, and a three, and buddy with that corkscrew. Elbow drop. Bam. Buddy was talented fucker, man. He really was. He really was. Speaking of, uh, oh, God. Go. And now to put our ass to sleep, here's James J. Dillon. <laughs> By the way, what'd you think of uh, JJ's outfit with the old school tuxedo with the ruffles? <laughs> it looked like something from the Smurfs, didn't it? It's something like that you would have enjoyed on Saturday morning during this era. Did you ever... You know, when you were getting ready for a little adult time, oh, do you ever have Lois dress up in something like JJ shirt? No, it looks <laughs> like, it looks like Lois's bloomers. <laughs> About the size of Lois's bloomers. My goodness. <laughs> we're, we're, using we're using the word bloomers. Now. Yeah, bloomers. I'm gonna get bloomers over. <laughs> oh God. Made by the Marietta Tent and Awning Company, her bloomers. <laughs> and uh but but no, Buddy was uh Buddy was and they're setting up here Buddy is going to wrestle But <sighs> Buddy Buddy Landale sucked. I I know you're not supposed to speak ill of the dad, but Buddy Landale was like Jeff Jarrett before Jeff Jarrett was the Jeff Jarrett. Like 
on my remote control, <laughs> I have renamed the fast forward button, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> hey baby, will you Jeff Jarrett these commercials? Badoop, badoop, badoop. I, I want no part of it. And that's buddy Lindell for me. Like if he's on TV, badoop, badoop, badoop. Let's fast forward. Hey, okay. I get that. I, I get it, but he could work. He really could. He was a heck of a worker in the ring. Hey, I love this music. We gotta, we gotta hit it again. Oh, the Rock and Roll Express, Mike Davis and George South. You got a George South impression? Uh, no, I don't. Is it true that George South listens to the same Journey uh, cassette tape on repeat in his car? I would think it would be true. That absolutely. I was told he just plays it to the end, pulls it out, flips it over, does it again, sort of like you did with Lois back in the old days. <laughs> Flip it over. Do it again. Flip it over. Stick it in again. Uh, well, I'm sure these, these two pulled them out, stuck it in again, many times. Hey, uh, okay. they're going to be at Starcast, you know, really? Yeah. I don't even know. You know, Arn Anderson once said that there were mountains in Peru missing because of Ricky Morton. Yeah. And, oh man, did you see that? Robert Gibson just fucking fell. That's rare. You never see that. Right. Anyway, I think he's going to fall like that in Las Vegas because I didn't think this all the way through until somebody who's not in the business said to me last week, Hey man, you ever think that maybe having all these old wrestlers in Las Vegas, wasn't really the best idea. Mm. I was like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know, drugs, gambling, alcohol, and Tony's favorite, you know, I'll never forget what you said in Vegas last week. You said, or particular to whores. <laughs> it was real weird. Cause you did it in like a, uh, a yeah. Buffalo bill type of voice. It was really strange, but anyway, you, um, you, you need to sort of ease my concerns here because now I'm a little spooked. I mean, you got a guy like the rock and roll express and like one of my wife's first memories of the rock and roll express is going into her guest bathroom at her home as a child yeah. and, and Ricky Morton's doing cocaine on the countertop. Uh huh. And he turns around and says, hang on, baby. We're doing grown folk stuff, baby. We'll be out in just a minute. <laughs> and he's in there with another man in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. leaned over the countertop. Now, of course she's a kid. She doesn't know mm-hmm. that, you know, he's, uh, he's rocking and rolling and tooting and snooting. Mm. Well, you know, they, everybody does grow up and everybody does get older. Hang on, hang on. Are you telling me that, that we couldn't get Ricky Morton to transform into his alter ego, Ricky Snorton? Uh, <laughs> you might be able to, however, you know, come to think of it. Uh, that he's going to be there and, and Ric Flair is going to be there. And, uh, hey, we've got another guy rocking a black beard and the blonde hair here. Uh, and with all those, did you ever, do you have a rescue squad standing by a rescue squad? Yeah. What, what, yeah. I, need a, what, what, what I need a rescue a first, squad, a first aid crew, you know, uh, CPR, uh, I thought they were a tag team in NWA uh, rescue squad. <laughs> uh, that, uh, okay. Here comes the double drop kick. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby, knocked him down. Cover him. And it's one, two, goo, and three. Hey, but his buddy didn't help him out at all. Fuck, what do you? If that's a rock and roll express, buddy. <laughs> Don't get near him. All right, you want to listen to this one? Sure, here we go. We got uh, Tony oh. Schiavone, uh, Tully Blanchard, and a seven-foot baby doll. Such of this title. I didn't lose you. Just hold the microphone. I'll do all the time. Okay. All right. Okay. Go ahead. I told the people Magnum TA had one shot. 
One shot. You saw earlier in the program, you saw what happened. It ended up, both men knocked out some 52 minutes into the match. It was an awesome, awesome battle. It was brutal. It took three days of getting back my back up, my body massaged by baby doll to get me back. But you see, this is still, this is still around my waist, the United States Heavyweight Championship. You know, Magnum went, into, went right to Bob Geiger, please give me an I quit match. Well, I tell you what, I've got an interview that Bob Geiger sent to me as a reply to what Magnum TA petition, and I want everybody across the nation to hear what Bob Geiger's got to say. Let's take a look at this from NWA President Bob Geiger. Here's the president of the NWA, Mr. Bob Geiger. I have here in my hand a challenge, a challenge for Magnum TA for a U.S. heavyweight title match with special I quit rules. Now the challenge is aimed at Tully Blanchard, the current champion. You know, Magnum TA held the title. The special I quit rules, it's so, uh, it's so rugged and they're so liberal, it's probably one of the most dangerous matches in professional wrestling today. I cannot allow this match to take place. The feeling is so bad between these two athletes. There is so much hatred that I am not going to sanction a match of this nature with two people with a feeling as strong as it is, running as high as it is, no, Magnum TA, I will not grant you permission for this match. There you have the words of the president of the National Wrestling Alliance, Bob Geigel. No sanction for the I quit match. I guess uh, it's just gone beyond the realm of sportsmanship when you get to this kind of rule, Bob. That's right. The match would be too dangerous and I cannot allow it. He's the president of the National Wrestling Alliance. His ruling is final. From the headquarters of the National Wrestling Alliance, this is Rick Stewart and President Bob Geigel. Okay, Rick, thank you very much. There you hear it. Bob Geigel, the man of the hour, my man of the hour, the man with the power. Magnum TA, go back to the farm. You thought you had some clout in professional wrestling. Well, buddy, you saw where the clout is and who's got the pull. And I tell you what, you know, Starcade, the biggest thing since sliced bread's coming up. And I will be there against a suitable opponent, big boy. Tully Blanchard with Baby Doll, the perfect 10, the U.S. Heavyweight Champion. Let's go to the ring. So what did you think of that, uh, that Bob Geigel interview? Pretty rare to see Bob Geigel on the show and... He was not exactly known to be the, uh, the best paying promoter in the, in, in the, uh, in the conference. Yeah, he was, uh, he kind of looked like Mr. Magoo there, but <laughs> he had, uh, he certainly had a, a statement and, and it, it added some legitimacy to it. It really did. And, uh, so now we're, we're into this, we're in this show. Now we're thinking, well, Magnum wanted an I quit match. He ain't going to get a fucking I quit match. But later on, we go find out he's going to get an I quit match. And speaking of, take a look at Billy Jack Haynes, would you? Holy smokes. Dude, Billy Jack is legit crazy. We covered yeah. that on our WrestleMania 3 episode, if you're not sure what we're talking about. But he is legit crazy. Yeah, legit crazy. And there's nothing about wrong about being legit crazy. And, and here he's wrestling the guy who played the Black Panther in the recent uh, Marvel movie. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, this is before he became such a Hollywood star. <laughs> they called him the black cat and they went on to name a lot of fireworks after him as well. <laughs> Thanks for laughing. Cassie. 
<laughs> I got you. <laughs> My goddamn jokes. <laughs> I got you. I'm trying to subdue the laughter because apparently it's a it's an awful laugh according to the <laughs> internet. But <laughs> damn it, you make me laugh. Yeah, oh, thank you. Would Bob Geigel and Conrad Thompson get along? Uh, I get along with, with everybody. Who, who who you get along with everybody? Of course I do. Yeah, for for a while. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> then, then, all, then you get pissed off at people, and then would Bob Geigel have a beer with Conrad? Oh yeah, absolutely would. Hmm. Yeah, only if Conrad was paying, which is usually the case anyway. Yeah, I was just gonna say you've got fucking alligator arms whenever that bill comes. <laughs> That's right. I wasn't the only one. By the way, oh. can I have another one, Conrad? <laughs> yeah. Here. Okay. Thanks. What the hell? He just comes over and drinks all my shit too. You know, I've got that, uh, what I call instead of the big gold, the big cold in my garage. Yeah. So that giant commercial refrigerator filled with beer. Uh, he came into this room with a six pack today. So we'll see how many of those he gets through. And it's they're a, tall boys. It's a variety pack too. They're different flavors. Hey, I want to ask you about the belt that we just saw that Tully had. I always thought, did you like the. Did you like that belt? I did because it, it was, it was a good number two belt because you had the 10 pounds of gold and then you had the 10 pounds of silver. Okay. And so like if they would have given a belt to George South, it would have been the 10 pounds of bronze <laughs> Okay. <laughs> or the 10 pounds of plywood. I, I, I didn't like that belt. And I want to tell you why I always thought it was a belt that looked like it wasn't finished. Oh, you, well, here's the deal. The belt originally had paint on it. Okay. So originally it had paint on it, but in time, uh, it wore off and, and it started to fade away. And then they just cleaned all the paint off. So it was just straight silver. But the original version of that belt had like red and blue paint on it. Right. Okay. So I am right. I, it did look like a, a belt that had lost its paint. Well, let's run through this though. The okay. y'all let Ric Flair towed around that 10 pounds of gold looking like she at for years, <laughs> right? Pieces falling off of it. Y'all are out there acting like it's this beautiful belt and it's really a turd burglar. Okay. And, and then you bring out the big gold belt and everybody goes, oh, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It became the best belt in wrestling. Well, okay. Uh, whatever. Uh, but the fact <laughs> is that, that, that the old 10 pounds of gold was not a turd. That was in turd condition. It, well, okay. How about this referee? Like actually checking the guy's shoulder. Who is this referee? He looks like the guy from last dragon. Is that yeah, Bruce uh, Leroy? Uh, that's that's I, Bruce Leroy. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I was just thinking about this. I don't, I don't know who this kid was, but I remember they brought him in just to do these, just to do these TV tapings. I, he never did work any other shows for us, a pay-per-view or, you know, we usually had like Tommy Young and Sonny Fargo as a referee. Stu Schwartz was a referee, but this guy only came in during TV tapings. And I, to be honest with you, I don't know who he was. Does that mean he's awful or does that mean he's somebody's buddy? What does that mean? Yeah, it's somebody's buddy. Had to be. Hey, I want to look at this crowd. You know, of course it's studio wrestling, but I got to wonder what drew more fans, this whole studio wrestling here or MJF and any main event in the United States. It will probably be this. I would rather watch the black cat do a job than I would watch MJF and what he would think to be a good match. MJF's never had a good match. <laughs> no, it's not. No. Unless you say, you know, I mean, because he's a fucking turd. The best, pa- the best part of MJF ran down his mama's leg. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's, that's really, I said turd and you went right for the jizz. 
The jizz. Wow. Boy, you're just coming in hot today. Let me just tell you. He's hip to the Hey, let me just tell you how excited I am to have David Crockett at StarCast because we've got some of these old microphones. We've recreated this backdrop. It'll be you and David Crockett. That's something else. Oh, and how about this? This is hilarious. Uh, We've got you sitting down here. I'm just going to play the audio. You go play it. Dr. Dr. Joseph Eswanik, Metronic Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic. He said that he would come back on November 3rd to wrestle once again. Dr. Swanick, question is, can Dusty come back on November 3rd? He's been making satisfactory progress in his rehabilitation and been working hard at that. And it's his desire that he uh, go and uh, give it a try. So that uh, because he is making good progress, I think it's very reasonable that he finally go ahead and try. Well, that date is certainly approaching us. And... uh, well, as you know, his, uh, his progress is coming along quite well. We understand from talking to Dr. Swanick before we were on the air here today. We understand, Dr. Swanick, uh, the cast that was initially put on is now off. That's right. And he has a different type cast on. Why don't That's you tell right. us about that cast? What we've switched him to is a fairly new invention over the last several years called an air cast. And it's a reinforced fiberglass cast that prevents his ankle from turning in like it did initially, and has a inflatable bag on either side mm-hmm. that allows the swelling to be controlled. So that our goal is to allow him to participate in this, much like a professional basketball player or football player, to allow function and yet still provide protection. Okay, now in front of us here are, if you take a look at this, the boot on the right of your screen is Dusty Rhodes' wrestling boot. He has these boots custom-made at the Austin Hall Boot Company out of El Paso, Texas. And the boot on the right of your screen is the regular wrestling boot uh, that Dusty wears during his matches. The boot I have right here is a custom-made boot from the Austin Hall Boot Company that was sent to Dusty Rhodes. And from talking with these people in El Paso, Texas, uh, and you can, uh, if you feel it, you notice that it is reinforced, steel-reinforced boots up through here and down through here, much like construction workers' boots, steel toe boots that you construction workers out there use. And this will also help protect Dusty. This is a specially made boot. And, Doctor, I was wondering, is this boot going to hamper at all this cast that he has on his left ankle? Uh, my thoughts were we need something that allows him to wear this protective device. And as long as the boot allows him some room to do that in, then he's really accomplishing two goals at once. Well, the date, November 3rd, approaches us all. That Dusty Rhodes scheduled to come back to wrestle professionally again. And you're going to be on hand for that match. And after the match is over, you'll inspect the ankle to see if it's okay. And uh, after it's over, you'll, you'll make a judgment to see if he can wrestle once again. And uh, I guess we're all waiting to find out if he'll come back 100%. Well, I'll certainly be interested in reevaluating his ankle and seeing if it's holding up for him. The date approaches November 3rd for Dusty Rhodes. So you're saying that literally the day before this is November 2nd right? Uh, and you're showing the boot. W- when did you shoot that? Did you shoot that the day before? Uh, yeah, we, sh- we, we, that was back in Charlotte where we shot that. That was a set in Charlotte that we had. So we shot that on Friday. Oh, belly to belly. You know what I thought when I was, when I was watching that though, Conrad, what? I was thought, I was thought, damn glad you were four years old. Cause had you been like 10, 11 or 12. Poor old Larry Thompson had been bought. Daddy, get me those boots. 
Daddy, Daddy, look at them boots. I like that white one. You know that white one? Yeah, would you buy me that? And then buy me that other boot from my collection, Daddy. Buy me them boots. Daddy, buy me them boots. Sell some more vacuum cleaners, Daddy. Buy me some boots. You know what Come I, on now. Buy me some boots. You know what I would have said if I was 10 right then? Right. Hey, Daddy, look at that cocksucker wearing bell bottoms on TV. Him don't know it's 85. Him thinks it's 75. Daddy, does he get dressed in the dark? Why does he have a porn stash but a little baby dick? Daddy, why? Is it a rib, Daddy? Why? Here was a cool motherfucker right here, buddy. Superstar Billy Graham. And he's getting ready. He's getting ready for the superstar challenge, but he thinks he's gonna have I think I'm gonna have, brother. I think I'm gonna have a arm wrestling contest. Arm wrestling with the ball baron. And bring in the ball. Oh, Here's Paul Jones, number one Paul Jones. You're not having an arm wrestling contest, motherfucker. You look like a fucking gypsy. There'll be no con. And you know, here's the fucking deal. I'm the barbarian's manager. I say we're not going to do it. So here's the deal. Go, take some more drugs if you want. Get bigger arms. I don't give a shit. You're probably not going to be able to walk in about 10 years from now. All you motherfuckers take steroids. I don't care. I never took steroids. Yeah, but the fact is, uh, smell my fart. Smell my fart. Oh, I'm not going to smell your fart, motherfucker. I'm talking on to you. No, smell my fart. That's why I turn my back to you, son of a bitch. <laughs> Speaking of things I would have said if I was 10, watching <laughs> Smell my fart. Uh, so now we're going to have our super... Uh, star super challenge series whatever we you call know what it. he's saying right now kofi kingston i implore you take steroids <laughs> take illegal drugs harm <laughs> your body do what i did go on donahue and shit on everyone and come back with a karate master gimmick that doesn't get over oh my god look at this abdullah the butcher and superstar billy graham i can't believe this is happening how about that by the <laughs> way you've watched uh You've watched some of that dark side of the ring stuff from vice. what do you think about the killing of bruiser Brody and, uh, Abdul, the butcher's interview? Yeah. I, I, I thought that it was, it, it's funny that some of the things that Abdullah said and some of the things that Tony Atlas said, uh, were contrary. I so I don't know who's telling the truth or not. Oh, fuck off. What do you mean? You don't know who's telling the truth. Who's telling the, who's lying. Abdul, the butcher is a piece of shit. Is he really? Oh, are you kidding? God was always kind of nice to me. No, he's a turd. Okay. <laughs> he, he tried to hold up vice for more money and wouldn't tell him the truth and was bullshitting. And he's just a, oh. he's a horrible person. Oh, so there's the backstory. See that I didn't know. He tried to hold up vice. He gave dudes hepatitis. Yeah. He's just, he's okay. not a good dude. And, okay. and, and, and he was complicit in covering up a murder for his own financial gain. I mean, that's a fucking fact. He's a fucking turd. Wow. Abdul the Butcher will never be at a star cast. First of all, because I don't want hepatitis. Second of all, because I don't want to hire a murderer. Third of all, because fuck him. How's that? Uh, you know, uh, you, you well, say I need a Tuesday podcast. Let me tell you who it won't be with. Well, this high pitched asshole. Okay. Uh, how did he cover up a murder for financial gain? Because he owned part of Puerto Rico. Got it. So if it came out that y'all are stabbing motherfuckers down there. Okay. Then it's going to kill the territory and, and he's going to lose some income. Couldn't have that. So let's just scrape my friend off the concrete and I need a paycheck next Friday, brother. Fuck mm. that. 
That's that's some that's some terrible shit, man. Although I know that's what you would do, which is why you invite Cassie over here without me even knowing, <laughs> in case I get so stressed out that my fat ass has a heart attack over this Starcast stuff. <laughs> Business as usual here on <laughs> WHW. Just give me uh uh leave me something in your will if you plan to die. Uh, just you know. I don't I'm, I don't I'm gonna leave you. What? This dick. <laughs> you can put it on your panky ring. <laughs> uh. Seriously, when you die, I'm being serious. I know you're going to laugh and think I'm kidding around, but you're not going to use it. Nobody wants it donated anyway. When you die, can we snip off the button in a fur coat and turn it into a keychain like it was a rabbit's foot? Yes, you can. I just think that would be awesome because whenever I was like, you know, I'm, I'm fed up here. I'm leaving. I'm going to the car. I would just pull my keys out of your pocket, wag your little button on fur coat and yell, we gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to get up and run after Easter dinner, grandma, but we are desperately out of time. Yeah. And grandma say, what's that little Vienna sausage on your keychain?" That looks familiar. I don't know. My, my grandma was, uh, <laughs> she was a big fan of mid Atlantic. <laughs> so she may have seen that thing live and in living color, not very much color and not very live, but still live <laughs> and in living color. Oh, oh, oh. missed the fat ass elbow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got it with the steroid elbow. <laughs> oh, enter the barbarian. Oh. This motherfucker could beat both of them up and eat them for dinner. By the <laughs> way, we should mention you saw Barbarian last week in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah sure did. And saw his wife and I hadn't seen her and God, I, I hadn't seen her since probably like 84. And, uh, you know, what was funny though, is I couldn't help, but notice when you saw Barbarian, it was a little different than last time because he was with his wife. So you were most definitely going to kayfabe the HJ. Fuck. Okay. uh, No, I'm talking about the time that, you know, Tommy Young beat him off. Oh, that HJ. Okay. And so he could, we couldn't razz him about that and bring that up. Wait a minute. Hang on. Were you visiting massage parlors with Barbarian as well? He did say that HJ, which implies more than one. Well, no, I I see what you're talking about. That story is saying, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't have said, hey, uh, so your husband was jacked off by Tommy young, huh? I, I mean, you wouldn't want to say that. Why not? Wait, can we put that on a birthday cake? <laughs> let's do that. Look let's at Teddy fi- long back there. Let's find. That- yeah, that's Teddy long. He, he had cocaine in his pocket right there. You can just tell Let, let's, let's find barbarians home address and let's uh-huh. send a birthday cake to his wife that just says Tommy young jacked off your husband. Yeah, HBD. Let's do it and sign it. Conrad Thompson. HBD. By the way, one of the most surreal moments of the first Starcast is I had to go meet Barbarian. You sent me to meet him for his meet and greet. Yeah. And I have to call him on the phone. Yeah. And he, he, I said, uh, hey, uh, I'm going to meet you to get you to your table. And he goes, you come over here. And I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) He goes, meet me at elevator. And I'm like, yes, sir. The easy way. That is the easy way. <laughs> you come over here. Huh. You meet me by elevator. Did he take you up to his room? <laughs> no, no. That, that's became Cassio. That's the day Cassio became a woman. <laughs> it was a beautiful thing. Mm. 
So oh my that, God, Benny trailer and Pez Watley. I can't uh, believe this is on TV. We were saying right there, uh, when we were talking about, uh, Cassio jacking off the barbarian, <laughs> uh, but we were actually talking about there, the fact that the match went short and we have a standby match. And, uh, this is also the point where I congratulate a couple on a 50th wedding anniversary. And we had a lot, we had a lot of people write in for that. 50th anniversary or later. Oh, we write in wish you happy anniversary. But anyway, so I was, uh, what we were talking. What the fuck are y'all doing? Hang on a second. We're saying think, hello do, to the fucking old folks. Do you think Vince McMahon ever did that on his show? No, no he didn't. And he should have. Well, uh, I mean, he didn't. And he's still in business. So. <laughs> okay. Well, we were, we were Willard Scott before his fucking time. No. Well, yeah. And Willard Scott's dead. All okay. right. Let me just tell you. And what so we're, what we're never, what we're never doing on this show is wishing okay. old people happy birthdays or anniversaries. We're not okay. doing that. All right. All right. So by the way, shout out to Dave Silva, who just celebrated a birthday. Okay. So, so anyway, um, this was a standby match. And what happened here was the match, the angle that they just did went short. It actually went short. So we had to really bring in a match quickly. And so they had this really shoot and standby match because I guess Abdullah didn't want to go long. So it went short and that's why we had to stand there and fill a little bit and so there's that's a possibility got, these guys wouldn't even wrestle that night. That's right. Or maybe would have wrestled on, you know, we, we tape sometime we would tape champion, the, the Saturday morning show too, championship wrestling. So yeah, they, they always, they always had, you know, extra guys around and the guys would come in anyway, because a lot of times we would work there on a Saturday morning and they would work Columbus, Georgia on a Saturday night. So they would just drive down to Columbus, which is about 90 minutes from Atlanta. as you probably know. And, uh, work Columbus, Georgia that night. So there are always guys who maybe were working the house show that night that weren't working TV and were just told to be there anyway. You know, it's how they do now. You know, they have guys show up for TV now and then they don't work them. So I guess nothing's ever changed. Pistol Pez Watley. Um, you know, I, I liked old Pez, although I never did. I never liked the gimmick, uh, that when he was called himself Shaska, why, why didn't he like that? Because he, he, he wanted to, he wanted to, he wanted to be called like Shaka, like Shaka Zulu King. Right. But he, he called it Shaska and it was like, Pez, there's no Shaska. There's Shaka Zulu King. He said, well, I'm going to call myself Shaska. I said, okay. <laughs> All right, Pez. Anyway. When he turned heel on Jimmy, the boogie woogie man value, by the way, while we're recording this, I just got an offer in my inbox for a Tony Schiavone appearance. Ah, apparently there's going to be a convention coming up fairly soon. <laughs> it's within driving distance of you <laughs> and the one and only Francine will be appearing. Mm. Oh, and they asked, Hey, would Tony be interested in appearing here? And I said, well, What's the offer? And they said, what would it take? And I said, two packets of blue chew. <laughs> uh, I knew it was a joke. No, no, it's real. Like okay. Francine is booked and within driving distance for a convention. Okay. And, uh, they want to know if, if you'll make the trip. Well, I might, is she still married? What does that have to do with anything? You were married last week when you had sex with her prostitute in Las Vegas. <laughs> 
You made an exception then. Why, why wouldn't you say that she can make that? Shaska Watley. That was the that was the the girl's name last week too. <laughs> Tony knows Shaska. <laughs> she didn't look like a Shaka Zulu, but whatever. Hey, got a two count. I didn't know Tony liked them all tatted up. I mean, uh, this girl had sleeves, a whole back piece. Really? By the way, one of the things he's doing now since he's going through this midlife crisis is he's got a a gold cross necklace. Okay. And he's been listening to enough rap where when I saw him come over and he had his shirt open enough, like, you know, he's in an extra from Goodfellas. He's got these three gold chains. And I said, Tony, are you wearing three chains? And he picked that one up and he said, yep, that's my new Jesus piece. Oh, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Tony, what's going on? Nicely done, sir. Thank you, buddy. Living the high life, you know, and where's Francine going to be again? Well, I'm not going to say the city, but I'll just say it's okay. driving distance. Okay. And it's happening in the middle of August. Okay. So you in? Well, I forward me the information and yeah, I mean, or what? Uh, just give me the date and I'll look it up. <laughs> look it up. <laughs> I'm sure I can do it. If, <laughs> if, well, look, if I, if I, if the baseball team's home, it's easy. If they're on the road, it's a little bit more difficult. I got to plan for things. I can't just say yes. And then things happen. Oh, but hey, way, this uh, match has really given us some uh, quality minutes here, isn't I, it? It's, I wanted to uh, thank you for finally following me on Twitter. No, we hate all of you. I, hate I didn't follow you on Twitter. <laughs> I, I want to ask you something. You know, it popped up this last week. I know you're going to be mad about this, but yeah. Brandon Stroud tweeted out yeah. footage from a Nitro pre-show that was yeah. not supposed to make air, but somehow somebody got their hands on it, and it's you in San Antonio, and I'm going to... Uh, Go ahead and let our listeners have a listen here, and then I want you to respond. Don't direct your attention to us. We hate all of you. I hate every one of you. Everyone who has a sign, everyone who has a kid, I hate every one of you. Now, I retweeted that and said, ladies and gentlemen, the real Tony Schiavone with an arrow pointing down. And within 48 hours, I had 382,000 impressions on that tweet, <laughs> which is just unbelievable coverage. And you quoted this kind fellow, a uh, great friend of the show, Mr. Brandon Stroud. And you said, not really sure this audio was me. However, go fuck yourself at Mr. <laughs> Brandon Stroud. And that previous sentence was me. Yeah. Uh, when did you become Jim Cornette? <laughs> I uh, at that moment, I did. Well, yeah. chat, chat, talk me through this. You've is all a got a kid. You've all is got he, a son. Is he, is he a friend of the shows? Brandon Stroud. Great friend of the show. Talks about us all the time. Puts us over every chance he gets. Does he? Okay. Yeah. Brandon, well, I, <clears throat> let me say this. I Sometimes I do things you know, in fun on Twitter and just to try to stir the, the thing. Uh, in, in that case, I was not Brandon. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so I just thought I'd let him know that. Why, why is this pistol Pez Watley match getting the most fucking time of anything here? It's TA a standby match. We didn't think we'd have to have it. So we're, we got to fill time here. Why don't you get, you know, like wrestlers people care about. <laughs> well, pick out one. Rick Flair. Hey, okay. You think he's going to work on TV? Oh, he did all the time. He wrestled George South here for 30 minutes once. It's over. Thank God. Yeah. That's Great. what Shaska said in Vegas. 
and two and two. It's over. <laughs> oh, seriously! Well, how much do you think came out of you that day? <laughs> Why do you keep? I'm just saying you, the- you had one in the chamber since probably what nitro. Oh my god! Oh, what's going? Yes. Why is my uncle on TV? What's happening here? <laughs> well, I just want to say that the man to my right is one of the great young men out of Huntsville, Alabama. That's right. Ricky Harris. Ricky Harris has been known as Black Bart. And in a moment, he's going to take his hat off, and you're going to see how many blade jobs the dumbass has done. He's done so, he, and none of these blade jobs are making money. I mean, he just cut his forehead for no fucking reason at all. That's right, <laughs> no reason. And, you know, mostly people would go and they cut their head if they're going to make a big payoff, like maybe, I don't know, $5,000 on a house show or even $10,000 on a pay per view. But Ricky Harris here to my right, being from Huntsville, Alabama, being near the Redstone Arsenal is a dumbass motherfucker. And one, it, stop ringing the bell. I'm talking anyway. So anyway, we're going to wait, JJ, hold on a second. Hey, all right. You want to talk about me and you want to talk about my hat and you want to talk about the goddamn cowbell I got on my head, which camera over there? I'm looking at this camera. They call me black Bart. That's right. Black Bart. And I got this bull rope that I'll stick up somebody's ass and pull off a hemorrhoid or two and catch him in this cowbell. Put that microphone up to me. <laughs> hey, I'm ringing that cowbell right there. That's right. It's not only a cowbell, it's a hemorrhoid catcher. That's exactly right. And we take them hemorrhoids and we fashion a saddlebag out of them. That's right. The ones that are real tough. We can make that. There it is. See, look at that. Look at them blade jobs that done on this goddamn forehead. How about that? How stupid do you think a man could be? I did a blade job for $35 in Fayetteville, North Carolina. $35. Don't worry about it. I'll make sure the next time you do a blade job, you get 60 because I am the assistant booker. You got damn better be. I'm not going to do a blade job for more than 70 bucks now. <sighs> let's go to the ring. Assistant booker. Hey, let's just let's stop the podcast. Yes, please. We can't ever beat this, Tony. <laughs> that is the funniest thing you've ever done on the show. And I mean ever. It's better than Halloween Havoc 95. <laughs> Can I have, when y'all, when y'all start selling cowbells that say hemorrhoid catcher, can I have the first one? Tony Shivani, yeah, are you visiting with your Allstate insurance agent? Oh, no, it's yeah. Jim Crockett. That Here looks we go. like a shitty Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How did I not see that, that Jim Crockett could be the cousin of Bruce Pritchard? Oh. Billy Jack Haynes and Thunderfoot is our challenge series next week. I can't. I'm never. Oh, God almighty. Oh, I can't. Uh. <laughs> I won't recover. Yeah, you will. Uh, we're promoting, I think we're promoting Starcast, uh, Starcade here. <laughs> <laughs> you and I are promoting Starcast. All of a sudden, you went back in time 34 fucking years. <laughs> oh, God. And we're talking about the matches and, uh, Jimmy Crockett's going to come back out here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he's going to, he's going to, uh, go pretend to be Bruce Pritchard again, but this time he's going to frown on his face. Cause as we know, Bruce doesn't smile that much. Not these days, not these <laughs> days. You're right. Uh, he's going to come back out and he is going to say basically in effect, fuck Bob Geigel. <laughs> okay. We are fuck Mr. Magoo. We are going to have an I quit match because I can do what I want. And I was told I could do it. So now we're going to make the I quit match. Tully's going to come out, get all pissed off. And that's going to 
kind of be the gist of leading into that the match. Oh my gosh! All right, here he comes. Hey, here you go. All right, I'll play the audio here. Okay. A very special match, a Mexican death match. Manny Fernandez, the Raging Bull, is putting up his gorgeous sombrero against Abdul the Butcher. And I know Manny doesn't want to lose this sombrero. We're discussing and have a commitment from Terry Taylor to defend his title, but we haven't been able to agree upon opponents yet. Uh-huh. Jimmy Bay wants to be a part of Starcade. No announcement yet on that. But one thing that we need to solve, and that's Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA. This feud has been going on, and it's gotten totally out of hand. We'd like to look at some footage of how bad this has gotten out of hand. Okay, let's take a Tony, mm. that's the fucking worst thing ever. Uh, but let's, let's let you hear the backstory here. We're going to play this audio for you. This is from October 22nd, 1985 baby doll talking to Magnum TA. If you need me for anything, just give me a call. Okay, darling. You know, it's about time you found out what it's like to be with a real man. Yeah. Now, just for a second, we need to digest what just happened here. Magma TA forced himself on a woman. Yeah. And then when she tried to run away, he tried to strip her naked in front of a crowd of people. Yeah. And he's wearing black gloves. Like my country math in Alabama says he's the bad guy. Tony, are you there? <laughs> yeah, he's uh, getting his glasses on, so he's going to. All right, uh, here you go. Let's listen to this. This is comical. National Wrestling Alliance. If I had a signed contract, and if I thought it was in the best interest of wrestling and the contestants, I can add whatever stipulations I so choose. I do have a signed contract with Tully Blanchard. He signed it several months ago. We did not use it. In the best interest of wrestling, this feud needs to be signed. The fans deserve to know who can win this match. We at Jim Crockett Promotions are sanctioning an I Quit match as part of Starcade in a cage. It's an I Quit match in Starcade in a cage for that U.S. heavyweight title, Tully Blanchard, with Baby Doll will defend against Magnum TA, all part of Starcade 85, the gathering. Jim, thank you very much, and we'll be right back. Tony. My, my favorite part of all this was David in the back going, she likes it. She likes it. She likes it. She likes it. Oh, Tully is fired up. Here we go. I quit. I can't believe it. Pull up. Boy, Tully is not happy, and he is about to lay it into this poor soul. Yeah, it's downtown Denny Brown, former Florida junior heavyweight champion. Downtown. He's about to be a former member of Breathing Society. I thought that was the meal I get it. <laughs> and Downtown I, Danny Brown. I think it's yeah. a breakfast. So it's like the all-star. Yeah. See, they, they, Denny was, Denny was a pretty good little performer. They all liked him. They, they would give Denny, you know, a shot or two. They wouldn't just mow over him, but Tully here, man. Do you know anybody in real life named Denny? Uh, the restaurant. <laughs> but a person, Denny. I just oh, love that you yeah, Denny the restaurant. Denny Nagel, thank you very much, former Braves pitcher. And if your name was Dennis, instead of calling you Dennis, sometimes they say, 
Hey, Denny. Now, if, so, if my name was Dennis and somebody called me Denny, I'd whoop their ass. Yeah, it's true story. <laughs> true. Oh, boy. I'm just kidding. I don't care. You know, JR calls me Connie. I think it's funny. Yeah, I do. And you too. know why I think it's funny? Yep. Because you and I have had so much fun with JR, and we even had fun this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even told everybody. Do you want to do you want to join in on this with me? Yeah, with Jay, we went to the we stopped by the Gold Coast uh, where they were having the Cauliflower Alley Club and, and JR was at the bar. Uh JJ was there. Uh who else? Kevin Sullivan, we saw him. Saw our buddy Jim Valley and uh, uh AJ was there. And uh so we were all hanging around and and Jim kind of sat down with us and had a few and started drinking the Moscow Mules and I had a few with him and Jim Ross in real life is one of the funniest motherfuckers ever, ever. And, and I think that's one of them would be the, one of the great things about your podcast. When you get, you know, further on you go, you, fans are going to find out how funny in real life he really was. And he was talking, we were talking about David Crockett, who we all loved and we all liked. And when Jim started, it was me, Jim and David. And Jim said, uh, duh. Jim said, remember, Tony, how he used to say, watch him, watch him, watch him, Tony, watch him, watch him. And he said, he was exposing an angle. Watch him. He's going to get a shoe. Watch him. He's going to get a shoe. And I said, yeah, Jim. I said, but you know what? David was exciting. He was raw. He was uh, really into it. It was his company. So he brought up a lot of excitement to him. And Jim said, yeah, he brought up a lot of excitement to him, to it. Wasn't worth a shit, but he brought up a lot of excitement <laughs> <laughs> oh god he just kills me man the best he was in rare form oh man he was he was in great form and you and i uh we've had a lot of fun uh doing his voice here on the show and yep. you know i have a, a noise i make her mm-hmm. and um we worked on starcast so much this weekend we got a little punchy mm-hmm. and at <laughs> one point i started to do the theme song Right. And you wanted me to promise that I would do it on the show this week. And I agreed. Is now the right time or should we save it for another episode? Uh, no, let, let's say, no, now's the right time, but let's not do it now. Cause we're getting ready to see within the last, I don't know, the last 20 minutes of the show, we're getting ready to see the Russians wrestle twice. So save it and do it then. Save it, do it then. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Uh, Rick but, Flair's calling me. Should I answer? Yeah. Oh, no, you shouldn't <laughs> because you, um, I remember you. He got chastised a little bit last time you saw him when he said, Uh-oh. God damn, Tony, when I die, what the fuck are you going to talk about on your podcast then? Right. Mm. And he said, and you said, yeah, shit. I'll, I'll have a lot more to talk about. Yeah. I tell the real stories, the real stories. Yeah. Give us a call here, Tony. Picks him up for the slingshot suplex. Downtown Denny Brown goes down and here's Arn Anderson and Ole Anderson. Now they're pissed. See, now we're getting ready to form, to form the horsemen. They are pissed off what Jim Crockett just did to Tully Blanchard. They're pissed off about dusty Rhodes saying that he's going to come back. And they only goes on to say at the end of this interview that he just may fucking kill Magnum. Take him fucking out of this world. Isn't that like saying you're going to kill him? Well, uh, I mean, so this, this is just kind of the beginning of the four horsemen here. So I think we're, we're on the cusp of history here. Aren't you glad you're here for it, Cassio? I really, I really, that's what, that's what I was sitting there thinking. I'm here on the cusp of history and I'm glad I'm here. Well, thanks for selling it. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I was thinking, I, I always bucket. thought I looked like Arn, and everybody on the internet tells me I look more like Oli. You do? God, you look like Oli when he was 80. No, <laughs> he, he does look a lot like Oli. I can get behind that. Really? Got that thinning hair up top. Uh-huh. Got the really weird beard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got the furrowed brow. And he got that t- finger taped up like that. Always. Right. Yeah, yeah, he does that. You'll see it at StarCast. Everybody paying attention right now, listen to the show. When you see Cassio, watch that left pinky index finger wrapped up especially two strips of tape, especially two. now that my wife's moved back home. Okay. So what's the first strip for blue chew <laughs> second strip blue chew. <laughs> Th- that's his nickname. Double dose Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Woodrow Wilson will put a tag team on Woodrow you. Harrison. Oh, Woodrow <laughs> Mine's Woodrow Wilson. He's presidential son. Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> Uh, okay. Tony, did you, did you ever name your Peter? No. Well, but we named it big Josh on. Yeah. Well, I mean, before that, like <laughs> back when you were in high school, no, never named it. No. I felt like you would have named it after like a comic book here or something like swamp thing or something. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite comic book character of all time. So now we got Scott Simpson of golden, uh, Minnesota and Barry Darso of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, and now Nikita's going to be in a matchup here. So, uh, sing us your song now. Let's be a good time. Oh, was it ready? Oh, <laughs> 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 I wasn't ready. Second verse, same as the first. Well, Tony, Tony hit it so hard over here that he was about to pass out. He was, <laughs> like he was about to tip over. Silva was holding him straight up. Uh, the moments we have off mic are, are wonderful. I, my favorite is when you got tickled with, uh, sucking his dick and <laughs> now you want a pinky ring with just SDD on it. <laughs> and the part that crushed in Cassie, it was dis D I S. We, we were, he, Conrad this weekend was going through some banners, you know, for Starcast, and you can, you know, you can put in a, the banner, what you want. And he just, he put it sucked. <laughs> the idea that I was going to make a banner instead of a directional, like meet and greets this way. It just said, yeah. suck this dick. <laughs> and they, they like show you your proof immediately. And Tony, I don't know, saw what I was putting together until it was done. And he fucking died last Looked up and I saw signs that suck this dick. <laughs> you, need, you, need to, you need to make I'm one and give away a prize for the first person to find it. We started at like it. seven in the morning. That was at like 1 a.m. So <laughs> we were all just like, can we just go to bed? I'm tired. I, I got to thinking when I saw that sign that I don't know where it's pointing to, but I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> would follow that sign. <laughs> yeah, that's where it would lead. Shut up, Tony. 
Shotoata and blowed up. Oh, I love steroids. We blow up. Shotoata. 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 Nobody likes me. I mean, nobody likes me. Nobody likes me. And I heard that nobody likes. Oh, no, I don't like you either. I don't like anybody here. But maybe one day I'll become a preacher and I will like everybody. But right now, 1985, Aston Anderson, nobody fucking likes me. And I don't fucking like you, right? Because I'm bigger, I'm badder, and I smell worse than anybody else. That's it, Dar. Shut the fuck up. Now let's go to Barry Darso. Boy, didn't he, you know, you know, the thing about it is, and I would talk to Barry about this. I'd say, you know, Barry, maybe you should not talk. And he'd say, why? I said, because Ivan sounds kind of Russian. Nikita sounds kind of Russian. But you sound like a slap dick from Minneapolis. <laughs> and he said, well, the story is that, uh, that my father was Russian. My mom was American and they separate. I said, that's the biggest bullshit story I've ever heard. He said, that's the story we're going with. So, uh, that's the story they went with. And Hey, here are the belts, right? These are classic world tag team championship belts, right? Yep. And they just brought them back for the NWA, uh, yeah. at the Crockett cup a couple of weeks ago, right? That design, not the same belts, but that design, right? Yeah. Who owns those, those belts? Uh, a private collector. Oh, not me. Those, those are the belts. I remember those were around forever, man. Those are the ones that I remember from back in the seventies may not have been the same kind or the same ones exactly, but they were the same design. You said he stinks. What was the smell, Tony? Uh, it smelled like he hadn't washed his singlet in a couple of years. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, look, I was standing there a lot of times. I don't know. I really I'm being facetious here. I don't know who stunk and who didn't, but a lot of whoa, guys. Whoa, whoa. That's lo- not true. We talked about that this weekend. Oh God. And you said I, that Lois smells like corn chips. Okay. <laughs> dipped in, dipped in salsa. Uh, not but, the chili cheese kind. Okay. Wait, are you saying it's Lois con queso? No, I see now we're going to go back to the Russians again. So why? <laughs> so why? Look, well, because give me a Prince I can match. God damn it. <laughs> Because Ivan and Crusher are going to wrestle the Rock and Roll Express at Starcade, and we got to get that over. All right, let's talk about the uh, Hot Tag Express. If the Russians were to enjoy some of uh, Charlotte's finest, who do you think would have been first in line for the Hot Tag Express? Uh, Barry Darso. Who would have been second? Between the three? Yeah. It would have been Nikita. Hmm. Ivan was sort of hanging it up. Ivan needed yeah. blue well, back before listen, that was a thing. I, Ivan was, and I don't know how much I mean, stories you've heard about Ivan, the real life Ivan Koloff. He was a great man. He was, he was a good man. Uh, he was a very religious guy. Uh, he was, uh, he was completely opposite. There were some guys that were opposite of their character, but he was completely opposite of the character he played. He looks and acted as a maniac. Yes. And he was nothing like that at all. So yeah, he wouldn't have now maybe earlier in his career, he would have, you know, done some crazy things. But by the time I knew him, he was just a a good man. Really was. 
And that was that was so so crazy about him. And you know, when I first got to know him, and first after being a wrestling fan for all those years, getting to know him, and I've told the story, getting to know Baron von Raschke. We're talking about two guys who were nothing like the characters they played, and it was it was so the the contrast was so stark, it was eye popping. Tell us oh, about these guys are beating the shit out of. Yeah, I know. Do you know speaking anything stark, about them? Speaking of Stark, did you watch uh, Game of Thrones? Shut yes. the fuck up. We're not talking about that. <laughs> Conrad, you don't, you don't watch Game of Thrones? No. <laughs> I don't mean that ugly. I'm just saying I got shit to do. <laughs> All right. I got two girl dogs in my house. I got two little girls in my house. I got a mother-in-law. I got, I got, I got, I got girls crying. I got my wife. Like, you think I got time to sit around and watch fucking TV? No, I got to walk around. My dog is in heat. The other dog is trying to bite her. They're not getting along. The kids are both turning 15. No, I'm not watching fucking Game of Thrones. I'm in Starcast Hill. You guys are fucking sitting around binge watching TV, asking me if I'm like leisurely watching TV on Sunday night. Fuck no, I'm not leisurely Tony, watching TV on Sunday night. Tony, next year, me and you, Starcast. All right. No! I just, uh, glad we didn't get him pissed off there, Cassio. Red ass Conrad. Oh, by the way, you want a spoiler? Can I just give the spoiler for that stupid Avengers movie y'all are talking no, about? No, don't do it. I don't care. I mean, it's been out for a while. Did you see it, Tony? No, did you see it? Yeah. He, okay, kn- I- he knows the end. I told him. Yeah. I said, hey, man, you want to see the end of that movie? And he said, why? I, I, he said, yeah. And I said, why? You know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> did you watch it? And I was like, no, I just wanted to ruin it for you. It's fucking stupid. And we got jobs. We got shit to do. <laughs> I can't watch anything or enjoy anything until Starcast is over. Hey, hey, listen. Yeah. Let's uh, don't get mad at me because you you decided to do another Starcast and you decided to do a, another podcast on top of doing fucking mortgages. Okay? That's don't not the issue. The issue is 17 life. crying women at my house. Okay. And then five podcasts and then 19 Starcasts <laughs> and a fucking mortgage is too much. Wow. By the way, we had our best month ever last month. Thank uh, you, I'm, I'm sure you did. Fuck. Anything you do turns to gold. Do you know why? He's because you, my Lord, walk on water. Why is he doing this? Okay. Well, we got to pay homage. Do it JR style. Oh, Jimmy Vine against Jimmy Black. What the fuck is going on? There's 19 matches and they're all shitty. <laughs> We're giving about everybody. the angles. I it's feel like if I was angles. a wrestler, that would be what I look like. I feel like he needs to wear his pants a little higher. <laughs> this is the epitome of a dad bod here. Like legitimately, if my dad were a wrestler, I just realized he has Jimmy Valiant's physique. <laughs> really? That's how you used to do. Oh, would you check a look at this? Miss Atlanta Lively coming in. Get out of my way, referee. Look, look at let's it. process what we're doing right here. We're kissing oh. an old hippie. <laughs> Johnny Valiant looks like Moondog. I, I don't even know what's going on right here. I mean, it's an angle. Tell everybody who that was. Jimmy Garvin. 
I'm sorry, Ronnie Garvin. That is your NWA world champion. <laughs> hey, Tony, I, I found a rap song over the weekend. I wanted you to hear. Oh my God. I just want you to hear the beginning. Are you, okay. ga- are you game just to hear the beginning? Uh, yeah. Okay. Son, you know why you're the greatest alive? Why, dad? Because you came out of my balls, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> If you, if you don't call Matt Schiavone or Chris Schiavone, and say, son, I just want to tell you that you're the greatest of all time. Because you came out of my balls. <laughs> the first time I heard that, I thought, he, hey, let's hear Jim Cornette here. This guy, he knows how to talk. Here we go. Well, the crowd's too into it. You can't make it out, but the sign in the crowd really makes this coronet. I don't know if you saw that <laughs> Jim coronet <laughs> dude. Can you call one of your kids right now and tell them they're the greatest because they yeah. came out of your balls. Let's please. do that on the show. Please. <laughs> Matt, please. Yeah. Matt, 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 Matt. Matt. Come on, call Get him up. Matt Schiavone on, on the telephone, please. No, I'm not going to do that. Why not? It's, okay, because that's that's terrible. Son, <laughs> are you? What he made Oh, my God. oh. No, you shouldn't talk to your son like that. Do you oh. hear the way you talk to me? <laughs> I want to go as Johnny Valiant this Halloween. I mean, I think you could. You just need some striped pajamas, and you're basically there. It, well, Jimmy Valiant too. Now, you know, the end of the show. <laughs> he's, they're going, they're so, going sorry, to, uh, did you learn that in the library? <laughs> what? Or, or did you, you probably had a lot of meals down at the restaurants with him. <laughs> Apologies. Why is that uh, little girl holding up a boogie woogie, man? That's, that's a, that's a bad look. He's smelling his fingers. Yeah. It smells like big mama. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just tell the truth? <laughs> you got so excited when you saw Dean Ambrose was at the cauliflower alley. Yeah. Because. You wanted to meet him. And I said, listen, I know he's on TV and I know he's a big star, but you don't watch the current product that much. Why are you so excited to meet Dean Ambrose? Do you want to tell everybody? Yes, because I think he has a gorgeous wife. What did I say? And I said, what are you talking about? He said, have you seen Renee Young? I'm going to see him. Give me your pass. And you stomped <laughs> up an escalator to go meet Dean Ambrose and introduced yourself. And you said he was totally indifferent. Yeah. Totally indifferent. He probably yeah. knew that you were a creeper. Oh, and now you just got kissed. Maybe, sure maybe, maybe Ambrose knew about those, all those, uh, boogie boogie kisses. Is that a shoot kiss? <laughs> it's the same kind of effort gave him at the low key big hog get together. Oh my God. All right, here you... we go. Here's the music. Here we go. So, Tony, we're done. We finished it. What'd you think? Well, I think it was a, as wrestling goes back in the day, it was a great lead in show with a lot of stuff about 
the upcoming event. And I thought it was a great leading. I mean, we, you weren't about back in the day, and you know this, back in those days, you weren't about having competitive matches on TV. You were about telling the stories and about the interviews and about the angles. And I think we did a good job with that. And we lit up, so to speak, pushed hard the I Quit match, which became one of the most famous matches really of all time, if you think about That's the great right. matches at Starcade. And I'm yeah. excited about it. We're going to get to revisit it at uh, Starcast. I know it's the panel you're looking forward to the most. You're also going to be in there with Sting. And, you know, when we spend a lot of time working on Starcast this weekend, it is like nostalgia overdose. It's right up your alley, is it not? Yes, it is. It's what I'm all about, man. It's just, it goes back and reminds me of back. Well, shit, man. It reminds me back when it was fucking real. And I say that, and of course it wasn't, but to fans, it was. So it was a different time. And to me, it was real too. It was just real. And, uh, we're never going to go back to those days. So I'm glad that we can revisit those days and remember those days together at a place like Starcast, So I'm excited about it. Me too, man. I'm excited to be there and I appreciate everybody, uh, tuning in this week to what happened when, and I hope that you'll consider ordering Starcast on fight at starcastonfight.com. Of course, the home run event, the crown jewel is the roast of Ric Flair. We're pretty excited about that, but of course there's lots more to check out as well. Whether you're a fan of the new stuff or the old stuff, there's something for everybody. Uh, we've got Cody and the young bucks explaining how in the world, all elite wrestling came to be a thing, revisiting those matches from 1989 with Ricky, the dragon steamboat, Ric Flair and Jr. and a whole host of other things, including a panel with Eric Bischoff one with Bruce Pritchard, one with Tony Schiavone. How about Arn Anderson with a live mic in his hand? You don't want to miss it. Check it out right now at starcastonfight.com. And, uh, we appreciate you guys being here, but when I look at my clock, Tony, I feel like it's about that time. Yes, it's one-on-one. -on -one. That's exactly right. Black Bart going up against Cassio Kid. Black Bart, he's got that cowbell, and he's telling uh, Cassio Kid to deposit those hemorrhoids right in here, and I'll take care of it for you, and I'll build you a saddlebag. Here comes Dean Ambrose to the ring, followed by Tony Schiavone. He is ignoring Schiavone. What the fuck is going on? We are out of time. We'll see you next week on What Happened When. We're on the MLW Radio Network. And as always, we are exclusively on Patron. Promotional considerations paid for by the following. Boxofgimmicks.com. With new items each week. The official store of what happened when. Something to wrestle with at 83 weeks. Log on and get your gimmicks for the wrestling fan in your life. Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. Join Conrad and Tony with bonus podcasts, behind-the-scenes video, live weekly chats, and new content each week. And by LoisRules.com. Get your t-shirts from What Happened When right now, named after Lois Shivani. And by What Happened When Live in St. Louis on Saturday, June 22nd at 9 o'clock at Off-Broadway. Tickets available at eTix.com. And What Happened When Live in Baltimore, Sunday, June 23rd at noon at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Tickets available at jimmysfamousseafood.com. And by StarCast 2. Coming to Las Vegas, May 23rd through the 26th. It's part of Double or Nothing Weekend. Go to StarCast.com for more information.